Hello and welcome to the Strategic Bookkeeper podcast. In today's podcast, I'm going to walk you through the eight ways to scale your bookkeeping practice, not just grow, but truly scale. And I'll explain the difference in the podcast. I am also going to wrap this podcast up with a free course for you. So you can take action step by step in order to increase your revenue, reduce your costs and increase your profit and all those wonderful things that lead to a thriving practice. Let's go. I'm Jeannie Savage, the Strategic Bookkeeper. I'm an award-winning entrepreneur, author, speaker, trainer, and coach. After 13 years in practice and after scaling into a lifestyle business where I could choose my own adventure, I'm sharing my secrets to success, my secret sauce recipe on how to build a thriving practice, delight your clients, and ultimately live your dream on your terms. This podcast is a companion to my book. In each weekly episode, I'll share strategies for scaling and success. This is your time to shine, to step up, to become a strategic bookkeeper and enjoy all the benefits it brings to you and your clients. The eight ways to scale your bookkeeping practice are, one, find new clients, two, improve conversion rates. Three, improve client retention times. Four, increase prices and review your pricing systems or improve pricing systems. Five, reduce cost of sales. Six, reduce your operating costs. Seven, sell succession products. And eight, sell intellectual property. So these are eight, the eight ways to scale your practice, which I have created for you. And now let's just touch on scale versus grow. So growing is more about growing revenue, okay, which is not scaling. So scaling is about growing your profit and your time. So it's increases in gross profit, net profit, and also in time wealth. Growing solely your revenue does not guarantee growing your gross profit or your net profit. Now, if this is a new concept for you or if it's the first time you've heard it, then it's really, really important to pause and grasp it, okay? Uh, It's definitely one of those things that if you learn it at the beginning of your journey, it's going to be game-changing. So I'm going to give you an example of where growing doesn't lead to additional profit. And this example is not going to be in the bookkeeping world. It's just going to be of a client of mine, which is important because this concept of scale versus growth is so relevant to every single client you serve. And there is a saying that goes, if you really want to learn something, teach it. And so as you learn about what scale is as it compares to growth, I would encourage you to teach your clients, okay? So I was working with a client once and let's call him John for privacy and he was making about $4 million in revenue and his focus was in on constantly increasing revenue because he thought it would fix the problems in his business and he had various problems in his business, okay? So some things were going right and some things were going drastically wrong and what it was leading to was he was not making any profit. So the more sales he made did not translate into any profit. He was actually 
losing money. So within about six months, I had facilitated and helped him through succession services, um, which is number seven on the eight ways to scale list. So by offering him succession service, which is primarily was investigating the numbers and some strategy and coaching through our Veteran Business Academy, which I'll tell you about more um, maybe later, but you can find out more about it through um, the strategicbookkeeper.global or you can reach out to me, hello at the strategicbookkeeper.global and I can tell you more about the Better in Business Academy, but I digress for now. So $4 million in turnover, zero profit or actually losing money and over a six-month period, I helped him get to about eighty grand a month profit, uh, which he's sustained most of to this day. Um, so we did that by, I got him to reduce his revenue. So I got him to say no to work. Yeah. Now there's a lot more to that story, but the moral of that story is that just making more sales doesn't equal more profit. Okay. And in fact, back in 2015, when I decided to use these eight ways and particularly Number four, which is price increases and pricing systems. So when I went from hourly billing to outcome-based fixed price billing, I was able to double my net profits without really impacting my revenue over a period of 12 months, okay? So in order to grow your business, in order to scale your business, in order to build a thriving practice, you don't always have to focus on revenue. It is one piece of the puzzle. It is not the holy grail. Now, the next thing I want to tell you is just how you're going to take action today before we dive into one um, of the eight ways at a time. I have created the free course for you and I absolutely want you to jump on and use that. Um, but I do also need you to use my book. Okay. So the strategic bookkeeper, you may have a copy already. If you don't, I'm going to make a complimentary electronic copy available to you in the show notes. If you prefer a hard copy, that's available for sale and there should hopefully be the audio book available as well. The eight ways to scale are made so that you can use them forever, right? You're going to use these eight ways forever. I have, I do. Um, they actually do relate to other businesses as well. So what I was saying about if you really want to learn something, teach it. Everything that I teach you in the strategic bookkeeper has relevance to business generally. So that's going to be great in terms of your acumen and what you can take to clients, um, particularly in your succession services. But basically those eight ways, they can be used uh, very, very separately. So you can, it's a choose your own adventure, I like to call it. Okay, so you can look at them and wherever you are in business now, if you've been a bookkeeper in practice for five minutes, five years, 15 years, you can pick and choose from these eight ways in order to do better in your practice. My book, on the other hand, while you can use each one separately to some extent, it's a secret sauce recipe because it works best when all the ingredients are combined. And as we cover off the eight ways today, the course will go into a little bit more depth, but my book will also help you. So the two combined are going to work the best. Now, because I cover a lot of this off in my course, I'm not going to rinse and repeat everything today. Today, I'm going to pick out things to tell you in each category that I think are really impactful. So let's get started with number one, which is find new clients. 
So in terms of finding new clients, now you can listen to my other podcasts, like the very first podcast I've done, we'll dive into some of the primary things that work best for bookkeepers. And again, my book has got chapters on that and the course will go into really the nitty gritty um, of exactly what the most high value activities are. Right now, what I really want you to think about, the pearl of wisdom that I want to give you is uh, around my top tips. So what are you going to do? once you do find that new client. Okay, so that is the main thing I want you to think about right now. And you might be thinking, but I want you to tell me exactly how I find new clients. That's covered off in the course. Heaps of my other podcasts deal with that. My book deals with that. The thing is that I see bookkeepers all the time, right, that are saying I need to find new clients when the truth is if I play the why game with them and I just seek to understand them a bit more, what I discover is they have actually found clients before. They've even found a way to find new clients. They might have even hooked up with an accountant that agreed to refer clients to them, right? So why don't they have a thriving practice yet? And the reason is often linked to the fact that they don't really know what to do with that new client when they get them. I meet a lot of bookkeepers who complain about cost-focused clients who watch the clock and don't value them, right? Uh, when you meet a prospective client, you need to have a way to get them outcome-focused from the get-go, a way to retain them as a forever client without price as a priority. If you're just going to go out and find new clients and you haven't got that nailed, it's not going to be fun and it's not going to lead to a thriving practice. Okay, so it's not just about finding a new client. It's about finding a new client and turning them into a raving fan, a delighted client who will stay with you for the life of their business. In terms of how you're going to do that, we start to cover more of that off in this podcast. It's covered off in other podcasts and also in my book and in the course, okay? The takeaway here is that I really want you to think about the fact that it's not all about finding new clients. I want you to reflect and really think about the fact that it is really, really important to understand what you are going to do when you get that new client. You're not going to build, you're not going to sell an hour. You're going to sell an outcome. You're going to have the marketing X factor nailed, which I'll talk about in a second. You're going to have a whole lot of stuff in place, which again, covered off in all the other resources, okay? But I, I cannot hammer home the, this concept enough of setting yourself up to treat that new client like a seed that you plant in fertile ground and nurture to a brilliant oak tree. Number two on the list to scale your practice is improving conversion rates. I know that's a salesy language, all right, but this is about um, converting more prospective clients into actual clients, which is about uh, having a way to help them self-assess the need to use you and to choose you over your competitors without price as a priority. Sounds pretty cool, hey? In terms of converting more clients, the main Thing that I want you to get right now is that you need to have a process in place. So by process, I don't mean that you go from doing the needs analysis, which is, is where you have a chat to the client and find everything they need, right? That's the standard part of what you're going to be doing. Find out what they need. And then based on what they need, you give them your list of 
services that you recommend uh, with a price attached. So that is not a conversion process, okay? That uh, That is a way to set your client up to be cost-focused and choose someone that's a dollar cheaper. So what you need to improve your conversion rates is a process, okay? And that process is going to outline your profile, your reputation, your menu, which has your vision and your mission and your customer journey, your client's problems and the payoffs and the outcomes and any guarantees you offer, okay? So you need a process and that that is covered off in my book as well because improving conversion rates is a great way to scale your practice, okay? And you now you know that. You've got it in the eight ways. How you do it, you can dive deeper into in the book. So next on the list, improve client retention. So absolutely, when you bring on a client, you need to aim for the forever client. And the forever client is the client that stays with you for the life of their business. So we have uh, we have had clients from time to time sell their business and there's two things going to happen. One, the new owner elects to do the bookkeeping themselves or they have another solution or uh, the new owner elects to use us. But I, the way I see the forever client is while that wonderful valued VIP has the business, they stay with you. If they leave before they sell the business, then you haven't retained them for the life of their business. Now, what I see with bookkeepers is them struggling with retention or they think good retention is I had the client for six months or a a year or two years. But if that client leaves after a year or two years, why are they leaving? Was somebody else cheaper? Uh, Were they unhappy with your service for whatever reason? Okay, so aiming for the forever client is about having a deep understanding of what your clients want, what the outcome that they want is, okay? And you'll hear me say, sell the outcome, not the hour. So important. The key concept here I'd like you to grasp is actually the marketing X factor and the marketing X factor is trust. And trust looks like I'll do what I said I'd do in the time frame I said I'd do it. You need to have a zero tolerance policy about trust. Your uh, client engagement is your promise, right? So you do a client engagement that outlines exactly what you're going to deliver in the timeframes you're going to deliver it. And then that is your promise and you need to work your bum off to keep that promise and not 99% to keep that promise and not to make excuses as to why you weren't on time or why you didn't send that report that you said you'd send, but to actually just do it. And if you do drop the ball or even if the client has a perception that you drop the ball because that happens as well, um, then to explain yourself and to investigate what happened, okay? But ultimately, try to never let it happen in the first place but occasionally get balls get dropped. Don't glaze over it. If the client says it's okay, they're lying to you. It's not okay, all right? Don't let it be okay. Explain yourself explain how you're going to make sure it never happens again, all right? But the marketing X factor trust is the first thing you need to get right in order to improve retention times. Absolutely, you need to make sure your client is outcome focused, not price focused. Otherwise, they'll just go somewhere cheaper when that person comes up. Um, But the marketing X factor, nothing else really, really impacts retention quite like the marketing X factor, which is trust. 
Now let's talk price rises and pricing systems. This is where I'll say sell an outcome, not an hour. Now, you may have heard of value billing and fixed price and value bundling. I have been doing this for a long time and what I like best and I think really connects us to what the client wants is outcome billing. Yeah, so I would love you to rename this fix, this idea of fixed price packages, however it's been labelled, because it's labelled with a, lots of different names, as outcome billing. We want to sell an outcome, not an hour. If you are still billing by the hour, you need to stop and you need to move to outcome-based billing. I have pre-recorded a podcast on pricing, so I'll make sure that's available uh, for you so that you can listen to that one if you are still pricing billing by the hour. Your outcome-based billing is your pricing strategy or your pricing system. So make sure you have that in place and that you're improving it with all of your laps around the sun, okay, year on year. And then in terms of price increases, my top tip there is like Nike says, just do it. You need to be increasing your pricing year on year. We do ours around our new financial year, even if it's only a small percentage. And if you don't want to do that because of limiting beliefs and you're scared of losing clients, I would suggest the problem is bigger, okay? Because if you're scared of losing clients over increasing their fee, commiserate with inflation, and it only tends to equate to a few dollars here and there, if you're worried about that, then it sounds like you're worried you've got cost-focused clients, okay? So are you outcome billing? Are you making sure that they're focused on value? Lots of other things that you can really um, get more into in my book. Covered off a bit in the course, but also use the two resources together, please. Next on the list is reducing cost of sales. So some years ago, I decided I'm always using the eight ways in my practice, right? You can use these forever. You should use these forever. We are always using them. So some years ago, I decided to really narrowly focus on cost of sales. I decided I was going to improve my cost of sales. Um, I thought it would actually be a great challenge too. I thought the industry standard is X. I want to get to higher. Yeah. So I went about all the different things that I could do to decrease my cost of sales and increase my gross profit. One of the big ones was succession services, okay? But it was also, and probably the main ones I want to tell you about right now, amazing technology, turnkey systems, and the right people in the right jobs. Like if I really do a forensics on our uh, cost of sales, definitely succession services, massive. Uh, But the other players there, even if I remove the succession service from the equation, was definitely those. So the tech, the systems, and the right people, right jobs. With regard to those, I would direct you to the last two chapters of my book on systems and team. Okay, you're going to find some great stuff in there. Lean into being a great leader and a manager because it makes the world of difference. Okay, so that was reducing cost of sales. Next one on the list is reducing your operating costs. And the key takeaway here is to investigate your own numbers. Okay, so when you read about succession services in my book, 
you'll discover all the benefit of them to the clients but what about the benefit to you don't be the plumber with the leaky taps okay so your clients should be sitting down and paying attention to their numbers on a monthly basis and I hope you are too and all you need to do is pay attention to your numbers your revenue your revenue trends your gross profit your cost of sales your operating costs that we're talking about right now and you will make decisions that will incrementally reduce your operating costs just like I always have next on the list sell succession services or products I like to say products because you may have heard this from me before but a product in terms of bookkeeping is where we take a range of services or it can, can even be it can be kind of like one service but when we make something outcome orientated almost it becomes a product so you know you'll hear about productized services you'll hear me talk about them you'll hear other people talk about them and everything has the meaning we give it right when I like to say succession products because I sell outcomes yeah, I don't sell time. I don't sell an hour. I sell an outcome. And when you move from selling time to an outcome, you are productizing what you're selling. We can also say we're going to sell a bundle of services and when we bundle it up, it's a product because we give it a name. Yeah. So when you give a range of services a name, we've productized our service. But I would argue that when you sell outcomes, you've also productized the service because when you sell an outcome, it's about the outcome and therefore the fee that's paid is an investment in the outcome. It's not a cost. So I'd love you to really think about that as well. But I digress <laughs> because I'm so passionate about this. So succession products, sell succession products. That is number seven on the list of the eight ways to scale your practice. Now, succession means what's next. I've said that before and I'll say it again. What's next on the menu for your VIP clients, okay? So not just about solving problems for prospective clients. So when someone first comes to see you, you will generally sell them the bookkeeping or the catch-up bookkeeping, okay? And once they become a wonderful VIP, it doesn't stop there. You've sold them numbers 101, yeah? go beyond numbers 101 in order to solve more problems. Now, the easiest one is investigating the numbers, okay? And this is all back to selling outcomes. It's, it's all about outcomes because when you move from just numbers 101 to investigating the numbers or anything else where you solve bigger and more problems, the outcomes are amazing and the value which you deliver becomes even more amazing and the perception of value is great too. Starting to sell succession products will revolutionize your practice. It will absolutely scale your practice. You can also bill out a lot more for them. Okay, so in terms of your numbers one-on-one -on -one services, they tend to be capped at what the market will bear, right? So we are we are all kind of in the same competitive space. So let's say the average hourly rate for bookkeeping is say $80 an hour. Okay, so I'm just going to pull that number out because it's vaguely, you know, it's some, some people are charging about that now. Even if you're out, outcome billing or value billing, you might have your behind the scenes calculation because you can't go to market significantly more expensive and win business for a particular narrow service. That is just the rules of the game. 
yeah but in terms of these uh succession products that you'll sell whether that's investigating the numbers whether that's software setups and training whether that's recruitment because that's a specialty of yours yeah whether it's a cash flow forecasting whatever's in your uh suite that you're comfortable with delivering you can usually what you can charge for that well you're in another you're in another space you're in another market right for example business coaches charge two three four five six a thousand two thousand dollars an hour yeah but bookkeepers charge more like 80 lawyers charge four five six seven hundred dollars an hour so you're moving into a different product category that has a different amount that the market will bear you also get much bigger results when you go into succession services okay so succession services are so powerful in terms of their ability to help you scale your business and i've got a whole chapter on it in my book and once again the course is great as well we're on to the last one <laughs> and that is to sell intellectual property in order to scale your bookkeeping practice and this one is completely linked to succession because to sell intellectual property by nature is a succession product, okay? So in my book, in the succession chapter, I am going to go into the idea of selling intellectual property. So I, I recommend that you read that chapter for this, this uh, number eight of the eight ways to scale your practice because is it a big subject <laughs> there's something i heard which is so true and it's this idea that something can be simple but not easy so selling intellectual property it's it is actually a really simple subject it doesn't mean it's easy the hardest part about selling intellectual property as a bookkeeper and bundling intellectual property into your products your productized services is actually the ideology shift it is the it was hard for me it is it and do you know to this day because it is still relatively new in the bookkeeping world i'm still making more ideology shifts around it i started my journey of creating intellectual property to bundle in with the other things that i was selling in succession about I think it was a couple of years ago and I now have an online academy the better in business academy which is available to bookkeepers primarily through my program that's where I show you how you can become an affiliate and use it but the point here is so I started my journey a couple of years ago and what I did is through succession I was delivering some productized services like investigating the numbers but I was also doing some nice workshops which were great as well and really really high value and what I did is I took those workshops and I turned them into really great courses right and what I found is firstly I could deliver so much value in a course because I wasn't restrained by time right so I took uh, a planning workshop that I was doing with clients and I turned it onto into an online course and I was able to pack all this great information in there and give them intellectual property that I wasn't going to just deliver once but they could watch read listen do it as much as they wanted to and then 
because I was bundling it in with my services, I could make it a part of what I was delivering, right? So I could say, okay, for this particular succession service or product, you're going to get these online courses as well as the time with me. The value skyrocketed, yeah? And I also went about putting resources into the same portal and the feedback from the clients was great. What they were prepared to pay for the bundle of services in that package that included my intellectual property was much, much higher because they were getting so much more. You know, where I would previously been trying to get through a workshop with them within one, two or three hours, and then we had to try and catch up again, they were able to do all of this uh, stuff online and then catch up with me and still get great value from catching up but they were able to get so much more of me for so much less, really. If I had have tried to work out what to charge them for all the hours that I could put into that course, it would have been much higher. So I was actually able to charge them a really reasonable fee for much more than I could usually deliver and actually make much more profit because it was intellectual property and not time for money. So the ideology shift around this is the hardest part. But the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. I'm pretty sure that's what they say. That is the key takeaway for selling intellectual property. And I apologize if I was rambling a bit then or if I was ranting. (laughs) It's a big subject. Like I said, it's simple, uh, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Okay, so the ideology shift is definitely what I need you to make there. And I recommend reading that chapter, Succession, to make that ideology shift. So there you have it. That is the eight ways to scale your practice. Um, you do have the course, which I'll drop the link to in the show notes, and you've got the book to use as a companion. And I would love to hear how you go with the eight ways if you feel like dropping me an email or a message through socials. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a question you'd like answered on my podcast, please email me, hello at thestrategicbookkeeper.global. Did you know we have a private Facebook group called the Strategic Bookkeepers Way? There you'll find bookkeepers just like you on the same journey where you can ask questions and get support. You can find more resources and how to work with me at thestrategicbookkeeper.global. All the links are in the show notes. Have a prosperous week and I'll see you in the next episode.